What's up? Welcome back to Tin Can Alley. Today we got a different kind of show for you. We actually have a guest on. His name is Atlas, and this was pre-recorded back in December. Atlas is a host of another podcast called The Bad Reading Podcast, where his guests come onto his show and he reads them bad fan fiction about whatever topic they might be interested in. He is also a big fan of backyard baseball, so he approached us asking if we wanted to do a crossover episode, and we said yes, because who doesn't love a good crossover episode between podcasts? So he came on to Tin Can Alley, and we had a conversation about the backyard kids and some of their backstories, what their potential futures might be, since fan fiction is kind of his wheelhouse. We also had the chance, Jordan and I, to go on to the Bad Reading podcast, where we were treated to some truly awful backyard baseball fan fiction and got to react to that in real time and just have fun with Atlas. So what you'll be hearing today is what we recorded back in December with me, Jordan, and Atlas talking about our favorite backyard kids. And I hope you enjoy it. It's something a little bit different. Without further ado, here you go. Well, Atlas, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you coming on our podcast. And before we really jump into it, why don't you just tell people uh, who you are? Actually, I mean, tell us who you are, because we don't really know you either. We're sort of strangers. New friends, I guess, is one way to put it. But let us know what you're about. Yeah, uh, nice to meet you guys kind of in person for the first time. Uh, I'm Atlas Novak. Uh, I produce a podcast uh, called Bad Reading where we uh, get writers and comedians and read them fan fiction about their favorite book, movie, TV show, video game, whatever, and then make fun of it. Um, I came across your guys' podcast when uh, I found, like, I, I got a little bit of the nostalgies for Backyard Baseball, and then yes. looked it up, and I was like, I wonder if there's, like, a competitive way to play this game. So I was I looked up podcasts, and then you guys were the first one to... You know that came up, and uh, is there a second one? Let us know if there's a second one. I have. We want to know if there's a second backyard baseball podcast. I've yet to find any like that's the main focus. It's always been like, all right, these are we have an episode about backyard baseball. Right. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like this is the main thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just I ended up reaching out to you guys because I I wanted to have you on bad reading and uh, see how that went, and also. Uh, I noticed that you guys never had an episode where you talked about like the lore of the neighborhood and uh, yeah, like what true. happens to the kids and all that stuff. Because like you've seen the Sandlot, you know, like the thing at the end where they're like, "This kid grew up to do this," and there's that one kid who's like got really into the '60s and no one ever saw him again. Like I want to see that, but for the backyard kids. Yes. Um, so I th I thought that would be a a good. Uh, episode idea and you guys uh so graciously offered to ha uh, have me on as a guest and i appreciate it very much awesome i love it and i love that we're doing something that's like in your wheelhouse mm -hmm. because i mean we'll be on your podcast as well so any mm -hmm. tin can alley listeners if you want to check out that crossover episode you can go check out the bad reading podcast what i what i kind of not ordered but suggested or 
told everybody to do. So ordered, yeah, ordered, is uh, to pick a, a backyard baseball kid and then just kind of like flesh out their story. All we get really is a couple sentences and that's pretty much all you get to know about them in the games. So I thought it'd be fun. Just kind of throw out a little fan fiction backstory for some of our maybe favorite characters or lesser known characters. How does that sound? Mm-hmm. I know what you ended up checking in. That That is definitely in the latter category. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. The one that uh, like Jordan forgot about on the, on the quiz. Anyways. The quiz. The wow. Quiz. I cannot believe we even talk about that. Yeah. It's great. What, so, what uh, quiz? What is this that you're referring to? There was there was there was a surprise for me on our tenth episode. It was a gift to me. It was a gift. Where Derek, uh, he came up with ten questions based on backyard baseball that I had to answer without opening the game to see just you know what my my extensive knowledge was all about. And uh, it was a pretty tough quiz. Mostly it was basically a game of colors of. Uh, what color is that truck that's over there? What color? Is, yeah. So, and then <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was how many? How many blonde? Name all the blonde players. I think that was it. Yeah. And I forgot Gretchen. Yeah. So I picked Gretchen Hasselhoff. Jordan, you picked uh, Jorge Garcia. Amazing. Yeah. And Atlas, who'd you choose? I chose Stephanie Morgan. Um, the argue kind of the poster child, aside from Pablo Sanchez. Sanchez. I. Yeah, I'd agree. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear what you guys have to come up with. Yeah. Um, is it okay? Jordan, if I make you go first? Oh, you know. Yeah, I think that, that as I was working this out in my brain and how this goes with the guest and then the host and then like the brother of the host, I figured I was probably first. Good. I'm so glad that you're makes, prepared. That makes sense to me. Okay. Well, I, I do personally hold to the um, Mr. Clanky Cloney Matrix Universe Theory. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, in Backyard Baseball. So any backstory I would create for a given character would have to have some type of basis in reality as we know it. Um, that is, I believe that we can see some of Jorge Garcia's lineage in our world as we understand it. Um, Jorge Garcia is a, he's a pretentious kind of kid. Uh, if you interview him, talk with him on the bench, he's got a lot to say about the mm, particular quality of the other kids that he's playing with. He says that they should feel honored to play baseball with him. He also he even goes as far as to mention that uh, he, sometimes he's scared of catching some kind of disease from hanging out with all of these kids. Wait, did so, did Jorge Garcia predict COVID? Is that... Oh my! Oh my goodness! You're gonna have to do oh a rewrite goodness. here. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. It's all coming up on the fly at this point. Um, no, I think that um, some of the clues in Jorge Garcia's uh, bio and in his comments um, lead me to to a couple of conclusions that are uh, currently being tested and even DNA tested by Dmitry Petrovich. So. Um, just to read his bio to you, Jorge tends to be more concerned with keeping his expensive trousers clean than playing. Regardless, the young Mr. Garcia does show some promise in the outfield. At the plate, though, he appears to be afraid of the ball. And what's up with that swing? Indeed. It's a good question. 
the the part that I'm latching onto in in Jorge Garcia's answers is that he um, we know his family's rich. He can get whatever he wants. If he can't get it, his father will give it to him. And if his father doesn't give it to him, then his grandfather will give it to him. So Jorge Garcia comes from quite a bit of money. It is my um, assertion that Jorge Garcia was indeed born Jorge Andres Garcia. I believe he may, in fact, be the son of Andres Arturo Garcia Menendez, who originates from Havana, Cuba. You may not know uh, Andres Arturo Garcia Menendez by that name. He is, in fact, the Andy Garcia who stars in The Godfather Part 3 and in the Oceans 11, Oceans 12, Oceans 13 franchise. Um, he is, of course, the source of all of Jorge Garcia's money. Uh, he is his father, but I think um, what was telling about his particular lineage is that when Garcia was five years old, that is Andy Garcia, uh, his family moved to Miami, Florida after the failed Bay of Pigs invasion and over a period of several years, Andy Garcia's parents built a multi-million dollar perfume company. Okay, I got to pause you. How much of what you're telling me right now is fact? Because it sounds real. Is this, in, is this like that's, the truth? That's, that's completely fact. This he, is all true. He has put so much more work into this than I did for mine. Uh, <laughs> Look, Wikipedia wants your donations. They're having a giant fundraiser right now. Most people just scroll away after looking at this ad. But if you donate just $2.50, you will help put Wikipedia well into the future. That's all I'm saying. It's not that hard. They have all the information on Jorge Andres Garcia and his, his long lineage. Now, here's what I think. Okay? Yep. So I, I believe that that is indeed uh, Jorge's descendant he is a descendant of the, the the Garcias. Now, he doesn't mention that. Doesn't mention the fact that his dad is a movie star. And of course, if you look in Andy Garcia's bio, he does not have a son who was born before the year two thousand two. I believe that Jorge Garcia is a secret and estranged son, secretly trying to earn his father's approval. Andy Garcia uh, was, in fact. Um, really into sports during his high school years. But when he became ill with mononucleosis, it convinced him to pursue a career in acting. Amazing. That makes so much sense for Jorge's, uh, you know, aversion to any kind of sickness or germs because it's in the family. It's in the family. And of course then Andy realized that this son of his was going to be no uh, career actor nor probably a sports superstar. So he chose instead a life maybe more normal um, for a kid. And so uh, Jorge mentions his nanny. I believe that is uh, the person that he lives with and is raised by in uh, the Seattle area. And he knows, of course, about his, uh, his father and his family's money and legacy, but he is trying to prove himself as an athlete to his father who never 
got to finish his career uh, as an athlete. Now, as to what's up with his swing, I just think he's developed that particular swing smashing million-dollar pinatas at birthdays. I think that's a pinata swing. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't translate to baseball very well. Maybe. So. Um, wait, so it, it's canon that, like, the the backyard sports universe universe is in the Seattle area? We have more or less surmise. We have decided. <laughs> based on the context, um, both images, visuals, and the um, development of the game in the Seattle area that, yes, it is in the, it's in the Seattle area. Makes sense. Also, like, I remember looking up stuff about, like, the development of it, and it was after uh, Ken Griffey left the Mariners yes. that the creators mm-hmm. were like, well, we, we want to play with – we want him back on our team again, so let's – you know. So he got to be the second. Yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah, so the, it's like the Reds got those if, two players. If you're if you're not coming back to the Mariners, I will put you back on the Mariners, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a particular affection for Jorge Garcia. For whatever reason, I had some kind of bond with him as a kid. Um maybe maybe it was the fact that he just hit better than the swing seemed to indicate. Yes. You know, I just rooted for him. You know, he, he looked like he shouldn't be able to make contact. In fact, I'm not sure that the bat goes through the strike zone other than maybe the top quarter of it. I don't know. I believe it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> but he's he's got a he's got some some serious draft value. Jorge Garcia, he's uh he's done pretty well in our drafts. And I think that it all comes from a desire to please a uh, a famous father, a rich grandfather, and he is living by the mantra that he tells you if you ask him, buy low, sell high. He so he's like the uh, the money ball, like Billy Bean pick that you're like, why do you pick him? Because he gets on base like that. I think he has a higher I think he has a higher value than just the stats indicate. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. in, in my mind he is Billy Bean. He <laughs> well maybe not Billy Bean, maybe he's Billy Bean's statistic assistant cruncher. Like, oh, he's uh, Paul De Podesta. He's Jonah. Yeah, yeah, he's Jonah Hill. Yeah. <laughs> he is Jonah. He's the tall, slender Jonah Hill. Mike, I mean like the question that stands out for me is why baseball? Like of all the things Jorge could be doing, why baseball? Well, all the or I guess why backyard sports in general, you know. It seems like the they just play based on season. Like, oh, it's springtime, we're doing baseball. Um, cuz it's not like you're going to see snow or rain on any of the fields in baseball, but like in football, no, for true. example, like you can play in the snow. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe he just does it cuz he wants to hang out with the other neighborhood kids and like he he needs to lord his uh, his uh, class over people. Maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, it's for real. That's definitely. I think that's obvious. I think Jorge he's got a lot of maturing to do, you know. But um, I think that if I were to work on my uh, 
my backstory, yeah, I would say maybe maybe Jorge Garcia is most passionate about basketball um, because of his his father's particular uh, interest in basketball. However, I think that as far as Jorge Garcia with his accent holds up as a second generation, um, born from uh, grandparents who immigrated from Cuba, I think that I think it makes sense. I think it makes tons of sense. It makes at least as much sense as the entire game being a uh, playground universe for Cloney and Clanky. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, this is a question that I don't know if you guys like wrote this in advance. What do you think happens to Jorge Garcia and later Gretchen Hasselhoff? What do you think happens to these kids when they grow up? What's their Sandlot ending? I believe that Jorge Garcia is a self-made millionaire who does not ride on the coattails of his dad uh, trying to prove to him his own worth, his own value. Um, But that pursuit eventually drives him to insanity, hence his nickname, Bonkers. Uh, It is a... It is a prediction, a prophecy of Jorge's uh, ultimate demise in trying to chase significance in the eyes of his father. That got really dark at the end. That's uh... <laughs> I know. I think it holds up, though. I think that's pretty on par with his personality and, and who he is. Uh, I'm curious if you have any takes on his relationship with Dmitry Petrovich, because it seems like to me those guys kind of like run in the same circle. <laughs> there's just like there's just like this like slight like Dmitry's like smarter, uh, but they shop at the same uh, eye doctor. Like they've Maybe. got <laughs> this very similar look and aura about them. I feel like they no, get like I s- bullied for different reasons though. Like Jorge Garcia is. Uh, pretentious, so he just kind of gets flacked because of that. But I think Dimitri kind of doesn't deserve it. He's just kind of a nerdy kid. Um, but maybe Jorge has like the ire brought upon him due to his own uh, arrogance. Also, I could see him being gay, like he's like he's really hiding something. <laughs> That's just you're just reading that there it could be in there somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see it in the prophecy. That's difficult to <laughs> the tell. Prophecy. That's amazing. Do you have any any other little tidbits about Jorge, his life, his family, anything else you want to give us? No, that's it. I'm ready to grill you guys. Ooh, okay. Great. Alice, would you feel better if I went next? Does I, it matter to you? No, I'll, I'll go in the middle. Have the two hosts oh, yes. in the sandwich. Have me in the middle. Let's okay. do it. So, Stephanie Morgan, uh, it seems that every player card that you bring up about her in every backyard sports game. It's, she's really good at sports, but she gets distracted easily and won't shut up. That's the gist of every player card. Um, yeah, that tracks. And it says on the on her wiki page that she's friends with Ernie Steele, uh, who, is, who has the aspiration of being a comedian. So I'm thinking that she and him are the class clowns. And she's not always the one who, like, has the funny thing to say or is drawing the attention. She has, like, the tag at the end of everything Ernie brings up 
So like Ernie makes fun of the teacher's yeah. tie and then she's got like the, she like punches it up at the end. Um, I think that she doesn't, there's nothing about whether or not she has siblings. Um, but she, she has to, she has to have an older sibling who's like, I'm obsessed with baseball and you're going to get this through osmosis. Um, is this, is this coming from a, like you have older siblings and so is older, this a projection? You're like, I have got, yeah, that's funny. Uh, I have an older sister. Um, <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. So the, uh, the things I got through osmosis from her are, uh, a love of shows like boy meets world and scrubs and, uh, <laughs> they're good shows, man. But it, just the Classic. thing where that's not really something that happens organically. That's a family member kind of teaches it to you. Yeah. Directly. We have an older sister. We got Gilmore girls. So I feel like you probably fared better. Yeah. So I think she, uh, she gets her love of baseball from either like a brother or a dad. Um, I get the feeling there was an experience when she was a kid where she, uh, like traded away a valuable baseball card <laughs> uh, without really knowing its true wow. value. <laughs> Who's Pete Rose? No, <sighs> Stephanie. Why? <laughs> so maybe there's like a need to overcompensate there, where she's like, "I have all the baseball knowledge now, and I will drop it on you, no matter what it is we're doing." Um, I don't know if she would continue her love of baseball until she was older, though. I feel like this is a thing that you love as a kid. And I think she might be peer pressured into being girlier as she gets older. Either she like sheds it completely in middle and high school, or she doubles down and is like, I'm the baseball girl forever. I think that's going to be a really um, difficult crossroads for her. I mean, the way that, yeah, the way that she makes yeah. baseball most important, no matter what game you find her on. That's, that's always was funny to me. But then I was always angry. Mm-hmm when you play backyard baseball and she's not like that great. She's not that She's like medium to medium plus. It's not that. Yeah. It's, I think it's a case where her biotech's kind of like punches her up uh, beyond her stats. And, and I'm kind of like, what's, uh, yeah, what's going on here? So she does have a place in our league. She does. She does. Um, still decent, uh, draft value because of her speed. You know, it's tough to find uh, solid mm-hmm. players kind of in that lower tier who have still solid speed, not a liability in the field. So she's a great pickup. So the have you guys ever done this as a challenge for yourself? You pick an all female team. Oh, it's a classic. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's very fun. I currently have an all female roster actually saved in backyard baseball. I'm like five games into the season, but it's a lot of fun. I got eliminated in the semifinals of uh, the playoffs before the World Series because my hitting is garbage. Uh, your best hitting is like Keisha Phillips. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Keisha who is way better than way better than Jocinda. Like, oh. yeah. Jocinda and Annie Frazier are a bit of empty promise when it comes to hitting. You're like, oh, that's got to be, and they're just, they're just not. <laughs> they're just not. It's just not there. Yeah. Jocinda's really good in basketball, though. I gotta give her that. Oh, I know. Um, The my my main problem was just being able to power hit. Like my best hitters were Keisha and Sally Dobbs, believe it or not. Oh oh no, we believe it. Yeah. Oh, she rakes. Yeah. Gotta, she's a she's a 
top 20 or oh yeah. for sure easy oh that my classic goodness. swing ball explodes off the bat. Derek Barnhart <laughs> takes her in the top three rounds every year interesting oh, for sure yeah oh yeah so with uh with Stephanie I think as she gets older I, have you guys ever seen the Sandlot 2 I feel like watching that would be heretical yes yeah, so, yeah. so I, it's difficult I have not watched it it's kind of the way right now I am with Godfather 3 which of course stars Jorge's father, but I've been told don't, at least not until the recut version comes out soon. It's not so much that it's a bad movie, it's that it's the same movie, basically, like it's the same plot beats, but it's the 70s now instead of the 60s. That's it. I see. Um, so the thing with The Sandlot 2 is that I watched like every baseball movie ever made a few weeks ago because uh, a coworker was exposed to somebody who had COVID, so all of us had to self-isolate while we waited for our test to come back. So I had uh-huh. two, two days off work while watching, like, Bull Durham, Major League, Major League 2, The Sandlot, Sandlot 2, League of Their Own, um, <laughs> like, just everything. Amazing. Yeah. That's a good couple of days. It, it was a fun couple of days, but the thing with The Sandlot 2 is the end of the movie where they're doing that same ending, all the girls that were in the... The group, it's basically just, oh, they got married and had kids. That was it. <laughs> and I'm like, yikes. Come so on, man. You can do better than so that. So, what happens to Stephanie? So, yeah. what do you have that's, that's better yeah, than I, that? For it her? seems that you're dealing out of a, yeah. you, you feel like you need to redeem Sandlot 2 what? with Stephanie Morgan's destiny. It's not so much that. It's, I, thi- I think, I think uh, Stephanie, um, as she gets older, her love of baseball, uh, causes her to get a front office job somewhere and eventually becoming one of the I don't know if there's been a woman general manager yet but I could easily seeing her be that for like the Cincinnati Reds or the New York Mets like you know what the Cincinnati Reds would take her yeah I feel like as she gets older she uh finds a loving uh boyfriend and later husband who uh supports her in her dream and she uh uses her gift of gab to catapult the reds to uh a world series win in 2037 why not (laughs) that seems a little soon yeah (laughs) thank you what 17 years from now we got time a lot can change from now to then yeah but i you know i'd hope a lot would change from now until the thing that won't change is that vada will still be playing for the Still have not popped out to the pitcher or whatever that's. No, I think it's yeah. the, the pitcher of the second baseman. I think he knocked one of those out at some point, but bummer. Yeah, I know. That's that's, that's uh, amazing. That makes me happy for Stephanie's future to know that she, you know, she gets to be about her love of baseball for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. That's like a, that's a feel good ending if I ever heard one. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about her, and I could be wrong, but as far as I know, she's the only non-pro player who uses a batting glove or is she the only person in the game who uses a batting no, glove? No, she like there are some A-Rod other and Derek Jeter also do, right? Yeah. Chipper Jones believe. uses a batting yeah, glove. Chipper Jones uses a batting yeah. glove. But I don't know any other backyard kids. So she like I think that says a lot about her dedication or at least her commitment to being identified with baseball that she's she's bought in the gear. There's that and she also does this thing where she swings one-handed 
Where oh, I love I, it. Yeah, there's always that one kid in Little League who's like, I see the pros swing one hand, and I'm going to do it myself. And they always let go <laughs> too early, and then it takes power off of their swing. And the coach is like, just keep both hands on the bat. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's a hundred percent that for sure. Yeah, maybe that's why she's not that good of a hitter. She's got to keep the other hand on the bat, Stephanie. Come on. I want a version of backyard baseball where the 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 players they rate themselves. Oh, and that's what you see. Okay. You see what they, how good they think they are, because maybe that would make sense for uh, Jocinda and Stephanie. They think they're actually pretty good, but you know. See, what's interesting is that these kids are, you know, like nine, ten, something like that. I would love to see like a high school or college version of the backyard sports where yes. they've all kind of come into their own a little more, and maybe there's sexual tension there or. Like the kids are just like <laughs> discovering themselves, and then you get more drama that way. Um, That'd be incredible. I I also want to see like apparently it's canon that Sunny Day is the organizer of this league and does the play by play for every single game. That is a work ethic right there. That's incredible. Yeah, I feel like it, it's almost not worth doing her like backstory in future because it's so so clear i mean if you if, yeah. if you take her off of her path to become uh, a famous sportscaster then you're you are you're trying to just do something dark just for its own sake because it's mm-hmm. going it's going to happen Damn. which uh which like color commentator do you think she's most annoyed with uh because there's like a different one for every game um, right 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 yeah um, and then they've also swapped them out a few times, like Vinny the yes. got phased out over time. I'm picking Chuck Downfield. Yeah, that's Chuck my, Downfield seems like he'd be annoying after a while. I mean, I think if it if it's supposed to be a kind of like a homage to Madden mm-hmm. and the the kinds of commentary that sometimes he might give, that's just thanks, John. You know, that's that's my thinking there. Vinny the Gooch. She expresses that she's annoyed sometimes, or at least it's in her voice. But yeah, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, he's so he's so lovable. Can't she see that? Can't yeah. she see how great he is? I feel like Earl Grey would get annoyed with her. Oh, yeah. More, he seems like he's above it all. It's like I am here on a Saturday afternoon. I don't want to be here, but I've been paid an exorbitant amount of money, and I hate you all. Let's do it. You know. <laughs> See, now the the thing is when I was in college I made a uh a or a student org called Backyard Baseball at a uh, UC Riverside. Um No and, way. Mm-hmm. And it's still there, but they have changed the name. Uh so it's like uh some it's like pick up baseball or something like that at UCR. But the Facebook group for it still has Pablo Sanchez as the banner. I'm like, guys, you're you're missing the point, but okay, fine. Um, awesome. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm glad it still exists, even though I graduated three years ago. That's a legacy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I can definitely say sexual tension was a thing for college age back your face. <laughs> You're dealing from experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Now, with Stephanie Morgan, you said that maybe she she in the future has a loving boyfriend, loving husband. Any connection to the Backyard Baseball universe there? Or is that just postulating on what could be? Uh, either 
Ernie Steele and Stephanie pull a You Belong With Me and they end up together. I can see it happening. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just the kind of thing where one of them is like, we've been friends our whole life and I think I love you. Like one of those. Or uh-huh. it, it would be completely out of left field. Um, maybe she meets someone Literally. in college. Ha. Or, it comes from the bullpen. <laughs> I think if you, if you had to pick any of them, uh, that's rough. I feel like this is this is completely random. That's Dante good. Robinson. Yeah. Oh, I love Dante. I'm so about this. I feel like as he gets older and like maybe he, he like gets the food thing under control, he becomes like a more interesting person. Um and then as he like reaches his growth spurt and stuff, maybe they they get together. Who knows? <laughs> do you guys do social media? I I'm wondering if uh if if your listeners have anything to say about it i uh i mean yes i have a when you say do we do social media do you mean we have do we have a like an account for this podcast or yeah you got like a tin can alley twitter something like that i we are not that ambitious (laughs) part of part of our thing is we live in the backyard baseball universe yes (laughs) pre-twitter so we have an email account uh it's part of the illusion all right, That's then so I guess if if uh, you don't, if you don't have one for yourselves, just tweet at Bad Reading Pod. Uh, do do you think any of the backyard kids end up together? I'm I'm curious as to what. Oh, you I'd know. love to hear that. I yeah. I mean I have a personal Twitter. I'll I'll tweet you all day. Do you think Marky ever convinces Billy Jean Blackwood to no just no, no okay, some no. toxic right. masculinity right there? She <laughs> like that's the dog catching the car, man. I think they yeah. wouldn't know what to do. That's so funny. One thing I didn't think about from like the universe standpoint standpoint is like, do you know, do you think any of these backyard kids end up being like the wives of professional athletes later? I mean, if Ooh. you grew up playing baseball with Derek Jeter, <laughs> you think there's any chance? You know, at least somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could be real. Yeah, could be, could be. A There's thing. a lot. They, I mean, they have had a lot of contact with a lot of famous people. Well, these are all like it's the pros as kids, um, but it also seems to take place in the you know late '90s, early 2000s. But if it's the pros as kids, they were the they were pros in in the early 2000s. So is there like a time portal thing going on, or what's the What's going oh, on there? I'm confused. That's the operative question. Yeah. There are some theories. My theory uh, is this is all an illusion league of robots created by Mr. Clanky, who, you know, found his favorite pro players in the neighborhood kids and put them all into their own league for his own enjoyment. And so he could feel like a real boy. And then Jordan, of course, is more on the um, Matrix clony sort of whole train so oh yeah and those aren't i wouldn't even say those are those are canon by any means anybody who has any suggestions i just want to say on record uh, i have jibbo's support personally and that means a lot okay so well yeah fair so if you die in backyard baseball you die in real life full stop yeah and yep that's the end of the period Cool. Atlas, um, anything else you want to add about uh, Stephanie Morgan or any any of her backstory? Nope. I just think that she is destined for greatness. 
Um, and I think that she should continue on uh, with her love of this great game. And I wish her the best. All right, Derek. Gretchen Hasselhoff, your turn. <laughs> I mean, if anybody had a case to be made for somebody being possibly the descendant of a movie star, then it should have been you, but that's all right. No, that's true. I'll let you hear where this goes. All right, yeah. Gretchen. Gretchen Hasselhoff. Um, I will just start out by saying uh, yes. The answer to your question is yes. She is related to David Hasselhoff, although not maybe how you might think. She's not the daughter of David Hasselhoff. She's not the cousin of the Hoff. She would, in fact, be the niece of the Hoff. So David Hasselhoff, I think I have this right. He has, I think it's four sisters. Uh, One of his sisters, Lisa, uh, actually had Gretchen Hasselhoff. Um, the father, however, is unknown. It was kind of a one-night stand in celebration of uh, the Dodgers winning the the World Series. When was the last time they won the World Series? Four twenty. It was like nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. Are you sure it was in uh, celebration of the Dodgers winning the World Series and not David Hasselhoff managing to eat a burger while drunk? I mean, that was incredible, but also happened, I think, a little bit too Later. late. Yeah. <laughs> it could have the timeline been, doesn't line up. I mean, it could have sense, been but. in celebration of him landing his spot in Knight Rider, which was, I believe, 1987. or And then Baywatch was 89. So, um, But it would be a little bit weird to celebrate your brother's successes with having a child. I can attest that I've never done that. So I don't – I wouldn't – I mean, I'm, I wouldn't put it past Lisa, but I would I would say it's because of her Dodgers fandom, which she actually, in fact, passed off to Gretchen. So Gretchen Hasselhoff, a.k.a. Jabberjaw, uh, her probably her number one characteristic is she likes to talk. She likes to talk really fast. Even more than Stephanie Morgan. Even more so. And the, the, the reason she actually got that nickname was when her mom, as a single mother, had her, she would have to take her to work. They had a daycare there at work. And she was a financial advisor and sold retirement plans and different things like that, 401ks, whatever. Gretchen Hasselhoff actually sold plans to all of the kids in her daycare, including her daycare worker, which is how they kind of gave her the name Jabberjaw from a young age. Um, really awesome. She actually, uh, it's rumored, at least, that she has a twin sister. I just like to say those rumors are completely not true. Uh, she's an only child, so I'll just squash that right now. Okay. Where where did you hear the rumor to begin with? I I saw online on a Backyard Baseball wiki fandom where potentially she has a mysterious twin sister named Jay, or, which is short for potentially Jacqueline, Jocelyn, Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. Not true. All false, uh, made up by the tabloids in order to sell papers. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Gretchen Hasselhoff grew up living in L.A. and is actually your sort of quintessential valley girl. She has a puppy named Latar. She loves this puppy to death, Uh, which is why she enjoys playing in the outfield because secretly she actually has her puppy, which is a like a, a little miniature uh, chihuahua. I guess you don't have miniature chihuahuas. Maybe you do. I don't know. It's a, no, it's a it's tiny good. little like 
purse puppy that she keeps with her at all times. And she actually keeps it on her while she's playing the game, which is why she prefers, if she can, to play in the outfield so her dog can have an opportunity to pee as needed. Um, Some other notes that I have on her. Uh, You would think that her idol would be David Hasselhoff. In fact, it's actually Tom Selleck. She's a big Tom Selleck fan. Uh, (laughs) I just can't get enough of that Magnum P.I. I I can't. I can't. Um, the reason she, she tires so easily, uh, is because in her time of watching her uncle on Baywatch, uh, she, she's always imagining herself running through the sand. And so that takes a lot of stamina from you. Um, she actually feels most in her element at Sandy Flats, believe it or not, because, you know, she grew up in the Valley. She was close to the beaches, Baywatch, that whole thing. So Sandy Flats is her preferred uh, field of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good friends with Kimmy Ekman, but also surprisingly really good friends with Kenny Kawaguchi. He's kind of like her foil. He's the uh, s- sort of mellower, chiller, slower talking, just kind of like going with the flow dude. And he's a really The good... abbot to her Costello, maybe? Exactly. The abbot to her yeah. Costello. Uh. I'm looking at her wiki right now. In Backyard Basketball, she states that after Kimmy Ekman shared some candy with her, she blacked out and found herself atop a flagpole. Yeah. I mean, if that's not a classic L.A. story, I don't know what is. You Dude, know, I'm friend, from L.A. That's not a thing. Your friend <laughs> shares candy, you know, air quote candy with you, and you black out, and you end up somewhere on a flagpole? That could happen. You just smoke a lot of weed and don't leave your apartment. That's that's LA. <laughs> that's LA. Wow. Because I mean, it's legal here. Yeah, that's what it is this year, certainly. Yeah. Um, I, I so as far as where does Gretchen go in life, um, I see her twenty years from now, um, actually becoming an auctioneer at the Meekum Auto Auctions because. Growing up in L.A., obviously, it's a very big, like, classic car kind of restoration culture because, you know, the weather out there preserves them. They don't rust as fast. So it's kind of a big deal already out there out west. So she grew up around that, really enjoyed it, and decided to put her talents towards being an auctioneer on the Meekum auto auction floor. So that's kind of where I envision her ending up. I don't think she necessarily needs any husband or wife or anybody, you know. She's independent. She knows what she wants. And she's happy with her life. I think that's a thing with a lot of the, like, the representation in the backyard sports teams was was so good for its time. Yeah. Um, you you had uh, people from all different cultures. I'm pretty sure there's a few LGBT people in there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's something we've we've mentioned before. It's like they do a really good job of representing a lot of people. And even in just the people that we talked about between Jorge and Gretchen and Stephanie, like already those are people from three different backgrounds and cultures. That's pretty cool. I wish like, I know they, they would never release this, but I kind of wish I knew what the neighborhood looked like. Yeah. That'd be amazing. You don't really know where anything is in relation to each other or what kids live near each other. Um, or how that affects their relationships. You never really get to see, um, like, if you guys have ever played the uh, the Mario baseball games, mm-hmm. 
there's a thing where you gotta go around and like get your players on like a big map. And I think that would have been cool if like as the backyard sports got more budget, maybe you, you would be like running around the neighborhood trying to recruit kids from their various hobbies for your team or something. Yeah, that would be so I actually I wonder if um backyard skateboarding lets you ride around any parts of the neighborhood. I don't know. If anybody does Never know, you can it. you can email us asktinkanalley at gmail dot com. Tell us if you've played backyard skateboarding and if you get to see anybody's house. I want somebody. Maybe I'll do this one day. Create a map. Just make a map of the whole neighborhood. Put the fields I mean, on there well, and the houses, and that'd be cool. Steel Stadium is Ernie Steele's backyard. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then um, you got Ekman Acres, which is Kimmy Ekman's. Yeah. And then I mean, in the other games, if you, I mean, if you pull in all of the games. And then try to construct that. Then you've got, yeah, you've got a lot of different kinds of uh, yards to account for. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there. How do how do they like change the fields between sports? Do they just set up a different, you know, goalposts and stuff like that between sports? Where like you got football in one season, then you take down the the goalposts and you know wipe out the the end zone lines and then you put bases down or what's the who's the groundskeeper I mean, yeah. for the backyard sports right. kids yeah <laughs> i mean i think i remember there's a field in backyard football that's actually played on a baseball field kind of like the dolphins is that right it's been a while it's um, been a I'm long sure. time yeah we might have to tap our community for that one too i know that there's a there's a whole online uh league for backyard football too we just don't partake, but they are, they exist. Yeah. I wonder if Mr. Clanky is kind of like groundskeeper of all sports, you know? Maybe. He's the one who's doing the batting practice and helping the kids improve. You would think he'd have some investment in the playing surfaces, you know? And he's, he's a mister. He's a mister, which implies a missus, maybe. Ooh, wow. Why did we not go there? Well, not necessarily. That's true. Not necessarily. It's a title. Someone's a a mister, whether they're single or married. Yeah, that's true. Um, I take it back. Yeah. And plus, there's like the the same thing for for women. It's Ms. You can be a single Ms. or a married Ms. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ever, uh, did you guys grow up in a neighborhood with uh, playable fields like that? Or Funny you should ask. Uh, Our backyard was the playable field. (laughs) It was ours. Uh, we had a friend named David. We played in his backyard all the time. And obviously mm-hmm. the field configurations were totally dependent on like where the person's fire pit was and where their porch ended and like all that stuff. So they were all like different and it almost felt like we were growing up in backyard baseball. And then our... Oh, we played wiffle ball wiffle every ball, yeah. day in the summer. Every day. Every day until we had to go home or until kids fought so much that it wasn't worth it and we just come back the next <laughs> yeah. day that was that was growing up and but we still play with ball in my parents yard uh at least once a year try to get guys together to come come play yeah mm-hmm. most I of the guys from it. our backyard baseball league have been out there and and played with ball in our backyard because uh, a lot of those guys we've known either for a while or through college or um they're just local anyways. Some of them not so mm-hmm. much, but most of them, yes. It's a fun time. That's good. 
Uh, I did not have that because uh, the neighborhood my parents moved to was like, or at least while I was growing up, um, before my parents got divorced, we lived like a mile and a half from where OJ uh, killed his wife. Um, Okay. So the neighborhood was up by like Mount St. Mary's College. All the houses were really far apart. It was all old people. There was not another kid in that neighborhood. It was just my sister and I, and all like 40 and 50 somethings. So unfortunate. Uh, it was, uh, you all had to do it through like little league and stuff. I mean, we, we had little league. We also like the elementary school we went to is less than a mile from our house, close enough that we could walk to the baseball field if we wanted. I don't think we ever did. We probably rode our bikes a couple times, but yeah, it, we grew up in, Basically a small town, Midwest, Ohio, you know. I do love the backyard baseball uh, feeling of a neighborhood. Yeah. Something definitely aspire to. Yeah, I think that's why the game kind of resonates with me and a lot of people so much is because not only does it remind us of movies that we enjoyed, like the Sandlot, but a lot of times it's like that was our childhood. That's what we grew up doing. We would get together and play the game with people like every day in backyards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the fall, sometimes we played football or some people, you know, played soccer. And that's just how it was. So I think it taps into something that's like really real back there, regardless of the fact that pros are in there or whatever. But I just think that's really cool. That's why I love. But, yeah, I'm interested. Like, so you grew up in, in California and mm-hmm. did you grow up in the LA area and did you have those kinds of like, um, I don't know, like, I don't know what neighborhood you grew up in or like the kids around your neighborhood, what that was like. I grew up in a neighborhood called Brentwood up until I was 10 and then my parents divorced. My mom moved to Santa Monica and my dad moved to West Hollywood. Okay. Um, I spent most of my time with my mom uh, and that was, uh, my middle, my middle and first half of high school were near her place, so I could bike to it. Um, there were kids in the neighborhood, but it was awkward that by the time I got there, everyone was like, "We just had a baby." I'm like, Ugh. Uh, overshot it by a few years, you know? Yeah, just uh, not very. Uh, I, I I wasn't aged correctly with the rest of the neighborhood kids, but it was okay. And now you get to live vicariously through the kids on the computer. Uh, it's great. Yeah, exactly. And now I live in uh, East Hollywood, and uh, my ne- my neighborhood is also pretty explorable, but it's not like a neighborhood kids thing. It's more of a, like, I can walk and go get a smoothie or, uh, you know, go to a park or something. So, it's nice. So, was there any any other, like, lore we wanted to tap into? or? Actually, I mean, I don't personally have anything burning. But if you have any specific questions, I'll answer it. What uh, what got you guys started doing this podcast? Boredom. Uh, <laughs> genuinely, like uh, we had this league that we would play backyard baseball in. And then COVID hit in March and I was working from home. And I'm uh, in video production. And mm-hmm. so I was doing a lot of editing from home. But then I would get my stuff done and then I would need something to do and so i was just looking for a fun way to fill the time and like have fun with the dudes in the backyard baseball league and i was like well 
I guess I'll start a podcast. Like that'd be kind of fun. And I asked Jordan, <laughs> I was like, would you like, would you do it with me? And he was like, yeah. So honestly, oh, yeah. this whole thing has been like, it's not a ton of planning, but it's been a lot of fun. We just kind of fly by the seat of our pants. And it's interesting to see how other people also connect to it. Because when I, when we started, we were like, oh, we'll have three people listen to it. And it'll be great. And, there you go. and we'll just like do this for us. But it's grown into something a little bit more. And that's amazing. That's pretty much all I had. That was the only uh, thing I wanted to hear. Well, Atlas, thank you so much for being on our show today. I loved hearing your take on Stephanie Morgan, and it makes me happy that you planned out such a nice future for her. <laughs> um, if anybody wants to go check out your stuff and what you do, where would they look? You can find me at a bad reading pod at uh, at uh, Twitter on Twitter, um, and then you can find me at Atlas Novak on uh, Twitter. Or Instagram, too. It's both the same. And then, obviously, you can listen to your Bad Reading podcast pretty much anywhere where people get podcasts, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just uh, look for a, for a monkey with a, with a microphone. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I uh, hope to see you in the future. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Tin Can Alley. I know it was a little bit different than what we typically do, but I think it's good to change things up a little bit. It was a lot of fun having Atlas on our podcast and just to bounce off crazy ideas off of him and see what he came up with. And it was a good time. And if you want to listen to Jordan and I on the Bad Reading Podcast and Atlas talk about really uh, just some wonderful well-written fan fiction you can go over to the bad reading podcast and listen to that episode we had again we had a blast recording that so i encourage you to at least give that a listen until next episode we'll see you